Hi, and welcome to the Mindset and Marketing Podcast. On this podcast, you are going to learn jargon-free tips about mastering your mindset, starting your business, or marketing your business, all for free. I'm your host, Matthew Toman, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to take control of your life by teaching you skills that actually matter in today's world. So now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome back to the Mindset and Marketing Podcast. On today's show, I'm joined by Kira Daly. Kira Daly is a well-known makeup artist here in Northern Ireland. She is an entrepreneur, businesswoman, property, her own product range, so many things that she has. And, you know, it's thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Lovely to see you. I know I actually ended up back here in lockdown and we reconnected. I hadn't seen you since 2008. Yes. Whenever you were starting out, you were actually doing makeup on a job for free, I believe. Yes, I can't remember. I can't like, remember I that. Just started. What do you yeah. call that photographer? Alan, was it? Alan, yeah. I've yeah, seen yeah. him recently as well. Did you? Yeah. But that was a fabulous shoot that day, wasn't oh, it, was it in our mad jail? It was. It was brilliant. Alan's really creative. Uh-huh. So, what all do you do then? So, Phil's in just where you're at right now, then we'll jump back a bit. Okay. Um, well, uh, from then, I've, I've been a makeup artist now a long time. I have trained literally a couple of thousand people to become makeup Mm. artists so that was my main business for a long time during that time as well i developed my own range of products which uh, then went on to be in over 400 retailers throughout the uk and ireland yeah um yeah lots of different things still do lots of weddings and photo shoots and different things like that but uh kind of specialize more in over 40s makeup i think there's a real kind of is that because your audiences grew with you kind of thing Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm in my 40s now myself, but I also um, just, you know, listening to my my clients and, yeah. and my audience and just aware of a generation that we didn't grow up with, <laughs> YouTube and social media and yeah. all the kind of help that the younger ones have now to improve their skill. We kind of missed the boat with all that. So yeah. a lot of women kind of my age and older don't even know where to start. So you know? there's a good market there for it. Yeah. With the Mindset and Marketing Podcast, we always want everybody that listens to it goes away with a bit of information, whether to improve their mindset or improve their marketing or their business or their business skills. Okay. I always like to talk to people who have been through similar things to myself and similar things that people are going through right now. Of course. A bit of self-doubt, not thinking that is possible, not understanding fully that they can retrain their brain and go back out and actually start a business and grow a business. Um, everybody thinks, oh, it's easy for you. You know, it's very simple for you to do. That gets said to me and my family, especially around whenever I'm home for Christmas. Yeah, Matthew, not everybody's like you. I'm like, but they, they actually have the ability to be, to be honest, you know what I mean? Um, and that's one thing why I wanted to jump in and talk with you, because even those 2,000 people, I know people that have came through your course that have went on and got their own makeup businesses now, so you played a part in them having their own business, generating their own revenue. Um, so just want to jump in and say, like, where, so how did that end up starting, or where did you, why did you even do this? How did you become into, how did you get into a situation that you were actually doing all of this? Like, cause this building that we're in is absolutely stunning. Right? Oh, thank you. It's, um, it's obviously it's a process and there's lots of different, like Steve Jobs talks about joining your dots. When you look back mm-hmm. on your journey, I don't know if you've ever listened to his oh, yeah. commemoration speech talking about, well, this happened and then you met that person and it led you on to this. Yeah. But how did I get into doing all this? Um, 
Well, the kind of dots that when I look back on my life, I was always very artistic at school, but I was always very much a talker. <laughs> and I really? find, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I found as much as I loved doing art, it was very lonely, it was isolating, and mm. you know, it was hours and hours and hours. Being a teenage girl, spent by myself, and I was more of a social butterfly, so I never really went down the art college route. I, you know, went to college, faffed about in college for a couple of years, got a job, was good at sales, blah, blah, blah. Always had an interest in makeup. Um, and I remember being at the ripe old age of like 27, 28, thinking I was too old to start something new. I know, right? <laughs> at 27, I know, right? Back. Um, but my mum died very suddenly. And it was just a real kind of poignant point in my life of oh right this is life and mm. um so i took a little bit of inheritance and i went and trained as a makeup artist very good um and i loved every minute of it it was the first thing that i really enjoyed studying like i just wanted to eat yeah. sleep and breathe everything about it i loved it i felt like i was able to escape everything else that was going on in my life whenever you know, that, so like whenever I, I sort of got into acting, producing in my 30s, you mm -hmm. know, I was doing refrigeration, you know, also involved in property. But, you know, whenever I got into acting class and producing movies, I was doing it while I was on the dole because I'd went bust yeah. for nothing. But I, nothing got me out of bad, bed faster. Like, and that was the one thing whenever I was sort of getting older, 25, 26, 27, 28, I was thinking there has to be something more. There has to be something more to life. Because whenever you look back, if somebody goes to university to be a doctor or they're studying to be an architect and all these things, how the hell do you even know you want to do that at like 19, 21? Like, how do you know that you want to be an architect? For you the rest even, of your you life. You haven't even tried like all these different things. You know, so there's a lot of people at the stage now that I'm seeing that they're looking for a career change. They're looking for an opportunity to say, I, this isn't really the life that I thought was going to happen for me. What do, you th what do you say to that person? Oh, do you know what? I, I always tell the story, well, I was, I was 28 before I became a makeup artist, so that always kind of yeah. gives people hope and, oh, right, you were 28, you know, because they're like, I don't know what I want to do in my life. And you're like, you're 22, chill out, like, you know. <laughs> um, and again, you know, I've kind of went into my new career yeah. this year at 44. So again you know i'm having to practice 44. yeah i'm Super. having to practice what i preach now as yeah. well because i'm now getting into more of the wellness industry and again i'm back down the bottom wrong feeling really nervous self-doubt fear syndrome. imposter syndrome who am i do i have something to give or to say or to serve so i'm back back there but i have to have to then, as I say, practice what I preach and be like, right, okay, well, this is normal that I have. So if somebody's working as an architect right now or they're working in retail and mm -hmm. they're just, they've, they've got a family, they can't just leave, you know, their job, what is the first thing they need to do, in your opinion, that would be like to sort of figure out what it is they like? Is the clues already out there? Like, yeah, what, what? I, this is a question... Uh, this is the question, like, well, how do you know what I'm good at? I remember in my 20s going, I don't really know what I'm good at. It was like, oh, I don't know. Um, so sometimes it's like when you don't know what you want to do, like, I don't know what I really want to do. I just know that I'm, well, it's like, well, what do you, what do you not want to do? What, do you, what have you found in your experience through the job that you're in that you really hate? And then what's the opposite of that? Yeah. If you're really stuck, it's like, well, some people are like, well, I don't want to work with the public 
or I don't want to work behind a desk on a computer. Yeah. Like I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah, I don't want to work on my own from home. Yeah, so I, I said, well, what it. does yeah. the opposite of that look like? So then you start to kind of use your imagination and flip the script. Mm -hmm. So instead of just sitting on that vibration of, Oh, I hate my life, I hate my job, I hate this. Well, what is it you hate and what is the opposite of that? Then if I you know? is. Yeah. I know that was the thing. Whenever I was coming back into getting into film and production and everything, I was like, well, I don't want to have any houses anymore. I don't want to have any tenants. I don't want to work as a refrigeration engineer. Like the two years that I was on unemployment, I could have got a job, of course, but I needed that break to sort of think, what is it I want to do? But I also think that people don't need that now. I think with all social media, podcasts, tools, online courses, like listening to people who have already been through it and taking inspiration, they can say, okay, well then, if I don't need to do that, I don't need to sit, I don't need to hit rock bottom to get to where I want to go to. I can take inspiration from someone like yourself. So now we're sitting in your beautiful building um, with your products all around us. And like the, it's, it's a million miles away from that first shoot that I met you on, like way back when, whenever you were, like we were all just kicking off. And it's, so how did people say like, I'll never be able to achieve, achieve that. How do they then take their passion, their skill set, and, and run with it through the tough times, the down lows and, and the bumps? Okay, so I think first of all, you have to have a burning desire, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so first of all, you figure out, well, this is, I love this. I really, really love this. Then it's knowing that you have choices. This is something to say to people all the time. It's, and then it's being aware of, I think, you know, like you touched on something earlier on, like you go home at Christmas and people will say, it's all right for you, Matthew. <laughs> you have the confidence to go and do that. And this is something I've talked on many interviews and podcasts before. And what the penny dropped with me whenever I was starting off, it was like, oh, right. It's not having the confidence to do something. It's having the courage. Mm -hmm. You can't be confident to doing something you've never done before. Oh, it's no, impossible yeah. yeah so it's like because people go oh, i wouldn't be confident in that i wouldn't be confident to leave my job wouldn't. i wouldn't you be confident yeah. and it's like well of course you can only get confident after you've done it yeah. so it's like at that point you have to dig really yeah. deep you have to have the burning desire to do what it is you want to do and then you have to have the courage to go oh god and understand that everybody who's went before you in the line of success or whatever yeah and the other massive massive bit of advice that i'll give and it's advice on advice <laughs> and it's um be very careful who you take your advice from yeah. people will give their opinions yeah. like your parents your friends and all they're all good intentions yeah. but if they aren't successful in the thing that you're looking advice from yeah. then it's probably going to be a bit negative. Yeah. So when I say to like girls coming through my courses, I go, look, I'm sure you have people around you saying, oh, what are you doing makeup for? Like, how are you going to earn? It's too many people. too many. How are you going to earn? I was like, I remember like 15, 16, 17 years ago, my ex at the time going, how are you going to earn? No one goes to get their makeup done, Kira. How are you going to earn a living doing that? Like you're spending all this money on this course and doing this and all these products. Like how are you going to earn a living? And if I had a listen, and yeah. he completely different job. He was, yeah. you know, academic, whatever. But it was like, if I had a listen to him, yeah. there'd be no Kira's daily makeup. Yeah. So you must be very careful who you take advice from. Like, you know, it's like you go to a PT to learn how to get fit. You don't yeah. go and ask 
Like I wouldn't Your ask mom? my daddy yeah. <laughs> on how do I get fit here, daddy? You know yeah. what I mean? So, but people- That's actually a really good, that's actually a really good comparison. And honestly, you know I mean? it's like, it goes for all, not yeah. just business. It's like I say to people, well, I'm single, so don't be asking me relationship advice. <laughs> I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. But if you are in a long-term yeah. relationship, go to someone who's in a healthy long-term relationship and for advice. So whatever even, whatever it is you want yeah. advice from, go to someone who's successful in that. Our, our, our agency really grew, Bankhouse Media, whenever we started dividing out all the departments. And now, at the start, we didn't have the money to give into, you know, here's for 10 staff. Do you know what I mean? So one person might have had to do the copywriting, building the page, you know. But see, whenever we end up getting money and reinvesting back in, then we broke it out into departments and everybody was given their one expert area of expertise where we could go to them for advice. It grew so much faster because we were able to say, we were able to track it for a start, like what's going on, that person was responsible for that one thing. And I think that's what's good about like having a mentor because they almost take a bit of responsibility for you being successful. Yeah. So they will give you as much as they possibly can and go through that. And I think it is right. You always have to talk to like an expert within that, within that field. I mean, the most I remember like watching a thing with Alan Sugar or a couple of the bit like Richard Branson or mm -hmm. something. And they were like, if you, you need to get the people who are the best yeah. in that room. It's like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. But he was super smart because like these guys know to get to who, who is top marketing, who is top brand design, who mm -hmm. is top. So if we can do that even on a life basis, yeah. you know, so if I go to someone for, like I'm not going to go to someone who's bloody miserable on how to get happy. Oh yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> it goes for everything. So this is why going back to that thing, like be very careful who you surround yourself yeah. with and whose opinions you're taking in because it's a diet and diet isn't just what you put here, it's what you put here and what you put here. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. So when, if someone said, right, okay, that's it, I want, I'm, I'm going to be something now. The next step then is to really source someone else who's okay. already doing it. Whenever someone come through, comes through with me as well and they've got an idea and they say, do you think it's gonna work? We can pull up like 10 businesses and say, these businesses are all doing this, so why shouldn't you? Exactly, you but know? sometimes they'll ask their mummy and daddy, because this is what we do in life, and their mummy yeah. and daddy be like, oh, I don't know, love, like, what if it doesn't work? And Because they're coming from a fear. How do you, what how do you deal you? with that then? How do you deal with that? At going home, home for Christmas, Christmas, what are some tips? Sitting around the, the Christmas table, you've decided, okay, I'm gonna make a career change. I don't wanna sit in traffic going into Belfast, going into London, sitting in 401 in LA. Like, I don't wanna do that anymore. I'm going to make a change and I'm going to break the news to my family over Christmas and they're like, laugh. Yeah. What, what do you do? do? How, how, what just do you do? Just be aware of, just kind of look at where they're at in their lives. If they're super happy, super successful, then of course you will respect their opinion. You will respect everybody's opinions, your family, you love them. But just if someone's a bit negative, just know how to filter it and go, well, they don't really know anything about what it is and they don't have the same vision as you. Mm -hmm. They can't, yeah. you know? So it's like, if they don't have that vision, then how are they going to give you good advice on it? Okay. So just about take it with filtering a pinch of salt. it, take it with a pinch yeah. of salt. Don't let it bring you down. Yeah. Just know that it's just opinions. Mm -hmm. And again, go back to, well, who's successful? That's who I'm going to be inspired by. So why was it important then for you to say, okay, I'm a makeup artist now, I want to establish my brand and I'm going to bring up my own products. So that, that's quite, you know, daring in itself. 
like it's ambitious it's like oh my god this is a bit of a risk so like what made you what was the decision in doing that why did you think that was important uh, what was you see well you could you could go to the brain and you could say well I seen a niche in the market you know there was nobody there was really high quality brushes like your Mac brushes Schumer stuff like that and then there was the really really cheap versions and I had students coming in and with the cheaper versions because they were starting off but it was like I can't teach these guys with these brushes they were really bad and there was just this huge massive gap in the market mm -hmm. for good quality professional brushes at a more affordable price so that's the brain side of it mm -hmm. the heart side of it was because of a series of events in my life uh, and trauma I was so determined to become successful um, because I had come from such a shit time mm. and it was like, it was the drive. Like people, Shielded. if you're asking, well, what was the business idea? Yeah, there was a gap in the market, I seen it, I took it. But what was fueling me, what was giving me that burning desire was what had happened in my life. And I think every successful person, like what we talked about, uh, like I read, Millionaire Success Habits, Dean Graziosi, oh, yeah, yeah. different books like that, they all have the why. Oh, he yeah. talks about the seven levels deep of why. Yeah. You have to have your why, mm. you know? So if you're asking me why, it was because I was sitting with two babies, yeah. facing bankruptcy, completely lost, broken person. And I just was like, I am getting myself out of this. Mm. So that was the why. Yeah. That's a, like in the first module of our Life's a Beach, we focus on the why. It's like all about that. What is your why for doing this? Because that's what's going to set you apart yeah. from your competitors. Because it's unique to you, mm -hmm. completely and utterly. So how do you turn your trauma into then a clearly identified strong why? Okay, so you, it's someone calls it post-traumatic growth. Um, you need to make the decision. You need to either be the victim of what's happened to you or it's it's not what happens to you it's the resp it's how you respond to what's happened to you um so i just at the, you know back then it was like i just couldn't believe how shit things had went in my life mm -hmm. and i just had to make the i just realized no one's coming along to rescue you no one's going to do it for you and mm -hmm. um, you can as i say be the victim of circumstances that have happened to and you what, what had happened to you at that time is it what happens to other people not like do you see it happened to everybody like a lot of people like what you had went through i know it's everybody's is different well, is it a common I mean, thing that happens well to me you know my mother died very suddenly i got married i had a shit time in in, in my marriage in two years i had two babies husband left property crash after investing a lot into property. So I was literally facing bankruptcy, very badly depressed, grieving my mum and two babies. So that's where I was at. And so I that, had to a make lot of a people decision. can relate to that though. Yeah. Like I know people right now that are going through something very similar. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it, it is fight or flight. Yes. It's just, are you going to be the victim or are you going to be the author of your own life? Right. If someone says to you, okay, it's easy for you to sit, you know, that's yes. saying that they always do. But like, how but it can, wasn't how, easy how, for me. How can they get out of the, the feeling that the whole world's against them with electricity going high and yeah. like kids and just I go like, what is it that that person, what did you do? What is your secret sauce that you were like, I'm getting up this morning and doing this? Do you know what uh, I mean? I, I, the penny drop with me, the penny drop with me when I see my sister handing out leaflets in the street for her business. 
She has uh, aqua babes teaching the babies how to swim. So she had been through a hard time. Obviously her mum had died and then uh, her relationship broke up. She had a young son. And I had trained as a makeup artist, was doing bits and pieces, farting about, right? But I was actually pregnant with, I was pregnant with Darcy, I think at the time. And I remember her handing out leaflets in the street. Anybody who had a bump or a buggy, she was over handing out leaflets, right? Good idea. And I remember feeling really embarrassed and going, Leanne, stop it, stop doing that. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you're annoying them. People, they're out for lunch, they're out shopping. And she just literally stopped in the street and she looked at me and she said, Kira, are you going to get me business? Are you going to do it for me? Because no one else is coming along to do this for me, so I have to do it. I can't afford advertising. I can't afford marketing. I'm, here's just, I have my mouth. And something inside me, the penny dropped, I went, oh my God, that's what it takes. Mm. It takes the feeling the fear and doing it anyway, the embarrassment that, cringing like yeah. i say feel the cringe and do it anyway <laughs> you know it was like so then something the penny dropped with me and i went i get it and i started literally going around beauticians and hairdressers and anywhere where i thought there was women who might be interested in doing a makeup course and i was so cringing yeah and so embarrassed and going but no one's coming along to do this for me yeah. and i think it's that people think i'm not confident I don't have the this it's okay for you it wasn't mm. okay for me i was mortified i was scared mm. but i did it anyway yeah and if people understand that and bring it back to themselves and find that wee bit of courage yeah of not worrying about what other people think mm. or and not being afraid of failure oh yeah like i mean even whenever i had to go and stand on stage and be an actor and say like i'm an actor now I, I wasn't a great actor, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, had to put like on social doing? media and do all that, and like it does because so many people you know that even you went to school with that you would have been, they would have known you would have been like saying, what the hell's he at now? What you know? Who do you think you are? All those things, especially whenever social media was coming out. But it is, it's that sweet spot. So really, that is for someone who's like identified if they're going to be a personal trainer, if they want to be a baby minder. If they want to like whatever it may be promotion within their work it's just getting that sweet spot and just like asking for it or having the courage to go do it that is that is the thing because it's so like i mean i have a real issue with you know law of attraction i love of course but i mean i'm talking about just thinking that that's the only way or your affirmations are the only way i'm all about taking action all about like i watch so many businesses now that were based in the personal development space and the mindset space plummet because the people need that of course but they need more they need to be taught how to build a business for themselves how to generate revenue how to have this courage to say okay like that one sentence from you will land yeah. from somebody listening to this podcast i know for a fact it will land it with me is there something that i'm doing in the next version of my business that i need to say i need to go out and hand out leaflets yeah. do you know what i mean yeah and there's a guy i remember talking to a couple of guys and they call me kira with a balloon <laughs> That's what he, when I see him now, he's like, oh, there's Kira with the balloon. And the story that I told him was the first ever wedding show that I did that I went to exhibit at, mm -hmm. right? And this is when I was first starting off. Like now I have the business, the premises, the merchandise, the pop-up stands, the whole shebang, right? So people go, it's all right for you, Kira. You've got all this stuff. You've yeah. got the name. You've got the brand, da-da-da. But my first ever wedding show I did... 
I had a balloon. You know the balloons you get for the kids and you get like their names on it, like Happy yes. Birthday Jay or Darcy or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. I literally had Kira Daily makeup with the letters stuck onto this. Oh my God. Yes, and I literally had a fold-up chair out of Ikea, a little small kit, and I had a clipboard that I was taking names and addresses and whatever else. And there was other makeup artists at yeah. the same wedding show who were experienced, who had all the portfolio yeah, and yeah. pop-up stands, and there was me with my friggin' balloon. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I could have went, no, I don't have Everything I don't right. have everything to Once go and do a that. show. Once I yes. have that, yes. I'll be able to do that. Lots know? of people think, especially who have been through my course, they're like, well, once I get my room done, then I'll start doing it. Or once I build my yeah. kit up, then I'll start doing it. Once I get a studio, once I get this, mm. once I get this experience, then I'll start doing it. No, I, I do. I think that uh, whenever, it, look, I, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the worst slash the best at just like, doing things yeah. like I will come up with an idea sometimes and I'll be like guys what do you think about this what do you? and then we do start a bit too early because they're like we're now trying to catch up we're so, we've sold a course that we haven't built you know or yeah. you know that type of thing so you have to come back and then go like okay let's get this all right and then let's go from there so I think the balance in that but right at the start whenever I was starting out there was I was up and down um, South William Street going into pubs having a drink now I'm an alcoholic six years sober but I loved having a drink and I would sit in the bar who does the videos for your bar? And they said, nobody, we do, what do you mean? And I'm like, do you want, my company can do it, we can do it, 500 quid, you know, whatever it would end up being. And before you knew it, we were doing, all, we'd done all the club videos in Pygmalion, all the videos around Dublin, because I was just going from bar to bar, having ordering a pint and just chatting to the guy and saying, why don't we have a look at that for you? Like I went door to door, didn't have a website, didn't have business cards, had, hadn't got anything really, you know? And it sort of just, but I think that whenever- It's just having the balls but to actually This is the thing as well, right? I think, and you can agree or disagree or even elaborate on this, but do you not think whenever you get started and you start to get a bit of enjoyment from it, it then becomes addictive and then starts to roll and then everybody else's opinion blurs into the background? The opinion is almost like at the start, you're like, okay, well, I feel a bit self-conscious here. But once it gets going, you start seeing results. It becomes infectious then and then people come on board and then everybody comes on board. And then you can't, then the people's opinions change of you anyway, you know. Yeah. Like I remember thinking that I was a late starter into makeup and I was like, because I was doing different jobs and it was kind of known about town because I was a refugee HD. Mm -hmm. So then going back to the bottom rung to start this new career, I was, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh, I'm cringing a bit, but now I'm just makeup. So now that I'm getting into doing this other stuff in the wellness, it's like, well, people think I'm the makeup artist. Well, let's talk a bit about that, right? Because yeah. that's how I ended up back. I, whenever you had brought out a thing in lockdown. Um, the Life Lounge, yeah, yeah. That was, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, you know, was I chatted chat to you guys about that uh, at that time. And that was so needed at that time. I think it was a great community for everybody to be online watching and it was very innovative in that moment. You were just like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a bit about your journey into the sort of mindset and the happiness side of life. Well, you know, obviously my journey with my business and <clears throat> what, uh, you know, I'd suffered badly on and off of depression from was 26, on and off medication for 16 years. Mm -hmm. um, so I was always into self-development, mindset, therapy, anything and everything that I could do to help improve my life, right? Mm -hmm. I've always been 
doing courses and going to different therapies. Like I, the, the running joke is I've done the alphabet. You know, it's like I've done the CBT, I've done the EMDR, <laughs> I've done RTT, EFT, all these different therapies, right? Uh, but I really hit a low after my friend Stephen Clements took his own life. It's well known. Yeah. That was, that really be three years time. coming, can't believe it. So, um, I mean, there was other stuff, but then that was just like a, a massive yeah, thing. The and then it was mm. into lockdown and I got very, very sick. Now, there was a plethora of things. I was diagnosed with a condition called PMDD, which is a hormonal thing. Um, and I just got so, so sick. And I, I was like, how after everything I've achieved, after all these different therapies, I'm on this medication, am I still so unhappy and un unwell? Um, because on the outside, it looked like I had everything. I had a successful business, beautiful home, kids, family, partner, everything. I had all my ducks in a row, so to speak. And I was very, very, very desperately unhappy on lots of different medication and it was like it was a rock bottom for me you know I was mm. having suicidal ideation I just wanted out of my skin I just didn't I couldn't figure it out it's like I can't try any harder you know I can't work any harder I had a good diet I was exercising all these things and I just felt completely lost um, so then I made the decision that I am going to try everything and anything. I remember it was out for a walk during lockdown and it just went, I don't think God, whatever your version of God is, mm. I don't think he really put me here to feel like this. Mm. There's something I'm missing. What is it I'm missing? And I then went on the journey of really going down the alternative road to get happy and healthy. Instead of just coping, I wanted to heal. And that's that was then I started into all the alternative therapies massively. Mm -hmm. um, and it was during lockdown that I had the break and the space to do that, to sit with my feelings, to sit and listen to my body and my soul uh, and to be like, right mm, yeah. so that was how that started and then we started the life lounge mm -hmm. and that was really interviewing practitioners experts educating yourself educating. Like just yeah <laughs> and just trying all these different yeah. like recce reflexology even things like plant medicines ayahuasca cambo yeah. um and I, all the we reconnected stuff. and you yeah. were just on this like mm. okay and you were going through everything but I think I just met you, uh, reconnected with you again after you just came back from an ayahuasca yeah. journey. Yeah. And you were you were raving about it. It changed my life. <clears throat> yeah. Like meditation and Reiki and everything has had a major, a massive effect on my life. Like, I don't think I would have been able to enter into this world of, you know, mindset and all of those things around personal development if I didn't have that and if I wasn't willing to just surrender to journaling, to you know, meditation to talking about my own thoughts, asking for help in those situations. Um, so it's really, I always love connecting with people that are going through that as well. And I think it's so much more now in the business world. They need it the most. It has to be. It's like, yeah. We're all human beings. Oh, I know. And when you understand and realize that people talk about, like I was mindset, 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 and yeah. great at it and great at goal achieving and manifesting and visualizing and work, yeah. work, 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 work. But 
what I wasn't doing was healing from my trauma. Mm. So um, again, I've talked about this in other interviews and I talk about emotional tumors. Okay. So I had all this trauma mm -hmm. and I was taking the medication, which was basically helping me to cope and to live and to get on mm -hmm. with my life, but I wasn't healed. Yeah. I hadn't processed what had happened to me and mm -hmm. lots of various stuff and everybody has trauma oh my god everybody yeah. has shit yeah and it's like it just comes in a different box remember yeah. someone saying that everybody's got shit it just comes in a different box i'm not saying the that my trauma was worse yeah yeah and it's like if you're not processing through them feelings then mm. you're still there and this is why it's not that i'm anti-medication um, like when you can't get out of bed to do probably, anything. It probably saved you at one point, you know, not saved you, but it probably like, ha whenever you didn't have this knowledge to sort of get you through to the point to acquire the knowledge. Yes, but where, where I got it wrong, I was on antidepressants on and off for 16 years. And what the mindset that I was in for all them years was, I've just got a chemical imbalance. This is something I'm going to be on for the rest of my life. Mm. This is, you know, I was so afraid to come off them because I thought I was going to feel a lot lower mm -hmm. than, than what it was. So you're stuck in this limbo of taking this medication going, well, I need to take it. But, but at the time I wasn't happy. So it's like, well, I don't want to come off medication because then I'm going to feel lower. So yeah. you're stuck in this limbo. You don't know what to do. And it's like that same thing. How do you, it's not enough education maybe around it as well i think it's the systems the pharmaceutical companies you know i had an aunt in america who's a nurse practitioner she's four degrees mm. and she was like kira it's just a genetic disorder with us it's like diabetes we just have a chemical imbalance it's just part of our dna it's the way we're made mm. up we need this medication to just normalize so what's us. your relationship with it now then medication? i i haven't taken any medication in from I did my ayahuasca retreat and I know and this is the message that I want to give out to people and I've had a little bit of backlash because people go and you can't be telling people to come off their medication I'm not saying that but what I am saying is telling my story mm. that I was on it for years and years and years and whilst it stopped me from being suicidal I was in this zombified limbo mm. of and not understanding why I couldn't feel true joy and happiness in my life, no matter what I achieved, no matter what I created, yeah. no matter what I did on my outsides, I still had this lull, this mm. dull dullness. It's like when you're really super depressed, you're down here. The antidepressants will get you up to here, which is better than being down here, but here's normal and happy and joyful, mm. and you're below par. So the scurry bit is coming off them because you're so hard scared of being rock really low again but you must come off them to then rebuild mm. and then find your joy and happiness so now i haven't been on any medication in over two years and the past two years without a doubt has been the happiest healthiest that i have been my entire adult life okay and what I have done is I have learned to process my feelings. Like we talked about this before the podcast. When what's happening now in society is people aren't knowing or understanding how to process their feelings. Yeah. They're just taking medication and that might be 
antidepressants, it might be drink, it might be drugs, drugs. whatever the distraction <laughs> well, is. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I was the same with like drink, do you know what I mean? Um, whenever I was drinking, what was I suppressing at the time? How much was I holding myself back from what I was able to achieve? And I think it comes in many different forms. People diving into their phones, going on to like, you know, dating. You know, it comes in many different, distraction comes in all different forms, you know, and it is just different whether it is antidepressants yeah. Or alcohol or drugs you know I can't believe how many people I don't know if I'm just so naive now or something how many people are doing drugs now oh my god frightening but, I know but probably whenever we were younger as well they were you know I know I experimented but now it feels like I don't know if it's because I'm sober whenever I'm in a bar I'm just aware of it seeing it physically happening you know people doing it um, you can see the distraction I can see it. I like. I mean, I can see it. I don't judge it at all because I fully understand why people are doing it because I don't feel that they ha see that there's anything else. It's like, you know, if they weren't doing that the weekend and they, you need to totally detox from it, in my opinion, and then start to build the life that you actually want and the direction, figuring out what it is you really want to do with your life and then working your way towards that. So I can understand why people get caught in a trap, like 100%. People, like, people don't want to sit with their feelings. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. It's it's learning, and this is why it keeps coming back to like meditation and all. It's learning to sit with yourself, mm -hmm. be aware of the feelings yeah. in your body. They're there to show you something. Mm. We, you know, we've talked about uh, physical pain is there for a reason to tell mm. us not to do something or to tell us that something needs to heal. Yeah. So if you get burned or you cut yourself, you'll feel the pain. Yeah. Sends the signal to the brain to say, right, well, don't do that again. Don't put your hand in the fire. Don't, you know, yeah. try to avoid that. And then it's also the signal to heal. Mm -hmm. The emotional pain is the exact same. It's there to show us that something needs to heal or not to do yeah. something again. But if we're constantly taking medication or drinking or drugs or, or just not sitting with the feelings, then we're not learning the lessons. We're not building the mm. resilience and we're just completely out of whack with our own bodies. So what yeah. I'm, the other thing that I'm studying the past couple of years is really sitting with the feelings in our body. And as much as it's uncomfortable, and we do want distraction and we mm -hmm. do want the feel good hormones all the time, but it's like, well, we have to learn to listen to the bad ones as well. Mm. And this is something that we have no resilience for anymore. Yeah. And oh, this know, is why yeah. we're unhappy and, and so the cycle goes on. I started with one question whenever I was doing it. Like I want one, st I don't know if it was a question, like, am I happy? And the answer was no. And whenever I was setting a goal at the time, I didn't have, I didn't even know what goal setting was. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really know. And I just came out of a relationship and I just moved to Dublin. There was loads of things going on. And I can remember just saying, like, what is it I want? What, what do I want? And the one th all I wanted to do was be happy. Like, that was the thing that all I wanted. I, at that point, I was like, all I just want to do is be happy. And I started then making decisions. Does this opportunity make me happy? And if it, if it didn't, I tried my best to say no to it. And I started only saying yes to things that I did, that, were, that I really, really wanted to do. And I started to identify, as you said, so many of the things that I was doing in my life were not bringing me joy or happiness. And one of my really good mentors and now really close friends, Steve G. Jones, who's in one of our movies, um, he just kept saying, you know, you gotta do a lot of things to figure out what it is you don't want to do. Yeah. You know, and it's just like moving towards what brings you joy and that's what you move towards. And that can sound stupid, but like, even whenever you do start to bring it down, my dad's 69 now and he's just broke his shoulder and he can't go in and swim. And he's been swimming 80 lengths a day, four days a week, right? And everything he's went through in his life 
you know, working and having different jobs. He swam, um, he just missed out by, uh, he was meant to go to the Commonwealth Games and missed out by like a point of a second when yeah. he was 15. Yeah, it's brutal to swim. And, no, yeah. and then the trouble started and he couldn't really go up and down to the pool because of the, the, the civil war that was kicking off in, in Ireland, Northern Ireland. But now him being in his late 60s or 70s, went back to the one thing that he loved whenever he was a teenager. Isn't that amazing? Like all of the clues are there. What yeah. did you love to do whenever you had the choice to do whatever you wanted? Yeah. How do you bring that into your adult life? I think this is a really, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about business, the most successful people in the world, or whatever, it's like, what does success mean to you? To me, it's just happiness and it's finding what, and walking to the beat of your own drum. I think it's finding that balance between I thought if I got really successful in makeup, that would make me happy. Mm. Or I, the external stuff. If mm. I do this, then I'll be happy. And, and all that, yeah. You like, know. oh, if once you get to this, or once you sell then this you get amount. Them and it or, drops, you know, and then you're like, yeah, it's short lived. And it's good having goals mm. and whatever else, but it's really coming back to being. I remember someone saying, uh, it's great climbing the ladder of success, just make sure the ladder's against the right wall. Whenever I look back to whenever I was like going and buying a house or signing a contract to do that, I think back now and I think, what was I thinking? You know, because I was, I was tying myself into a life that I didn't want and I was moving years and years and years further and further away from the things that I loved. But, I always wanted but, to work in film. I know, but you know? then at the same time, Matthew, you had to do that stuff to yeah. figure out that's not what I don't want to do. I know, yeah. You know, <laughs> so it was yeah. perfect. And it crashed and burned. Anyway, because the, I feel that the real thing that you're really meant to do, the passion that you're meant to have, does come out. And that's really what you need to remember. Surrender to the universe and listen to yourself, because it's just, it, it, it comes. Well, this other stuff, I mean, my massive passion is to, now, obviously it was makeup for so long, it was my escapism, I loved it, it was making people feel good, it was mindful, creative, all these different things, but now, my soul is, I just want people to know that you can heal not just cope with being having mental health issues i'm really about advertising happiness and telling you you can actually heal i've healed mm. and i don't think that's something that's talked about enough mm. i think people talk about well how do you cope with bad mental health or mm. what do you do to manage it i yeah. say like, i don't want to have to fucking manage my mental health i just mm. want to be happy yeah and it's to me it's about healing and this is why like me and my other business partner in my new business is is about healing mm. you know and so then the, you're like yeah. and then everything just flows you're in flow so going more. back to your two things that you talked about when you done the business the business for makeup you had your head then you had your heart yeah so in your head what is going on with the new business like, how, is it a niche in the market? Have you got something different you're bringing to market? Yeah. Like, what is it that you're doing well, on the business side of things? Well, well the, the thing with this new business is it really is coming from a heart space. Mm -hmm. Very much so. You yeah. know, it's not a survival thing. It's, with the business, it was a lot of head because I had to survive. I had to provide for my kids and myself. Yeah. Now, it's coming more from a heart space. It's mm -hmm. like, I really, really want to help people to understand mm -hmm. that... You know, I've done all that. I've done the, the, the successful business and whatever, but I was still very unwell mm -hmm. um, and unhappy and unfulfilled. So what has been the experience then for building this business different? Has it been more enjoyable? 
has it been equally as challenging? Like, what what are you what's what are you facing on this next build? Um, well, oh God, that's so hard to answer right now. Well, my concept for this new business, uh, like we're doing this retreats, and um, you know, me and Karen have come together. We have both had you know extensive journeys we have been on dozens of retreats we've done loads of courses we have been through the shit and back again and we have both found our serenity and happiness mm -hmm. so we have come together and it's like right how do we then show people and help people so the likes of the six week course uh, my concept was past present future mm -hmm and really breaking it down like so we kind of touched on a few different things even talking today so to me it's working on all three areas past present future past being your traumas your emotional mm. tumors your your shit that's happened your emotional baggage mm -hmm. so we need to heal from that yeah. then you have your present your meditation your breath work your exercise your nutrition mm -hmm. your everyday stuff Mm -hmm. And then your future is your mindset, which yeah. you know very well. It's your goal yeah. set and your visualizing, manifesting, mm -hmm. going after your dreams and being excited. Yeah. So to me, to live a happy, healthy life, we have to look at all three parts. Mm -hmm. Like for years, I was great at exercising, nutrition, doing yeah, yeah, all that yeah. and manifesting and goal setting. But I was still unhappy because I hadn't healed from my past. Yeah. Then I know people who are very much all about the trauma and they're living and doing the shadow work mm -hmm. and it's all about the trauma, but they don't know how to manifest and to goal mm -hmm. set and to look forward to their future. So this six week program yeah, that me and Kieran have put together mm -hmm. is about looking at all three aspects and getting that balance. And then even on the retreats, we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about mindset, but also somatic awareness, mm -hmm. really sitting like what we, we talked about before the podcast started, sitting and understanding and feeling mm. it's all in our body. It's not just mindset, mindset, it's body set, yeah. body set, yeah. and being the one system. Say that your brain is in your gut. Yeah, we're like one And Neil always says that, he always says like your brain is in your gut. And it is, it's always told me exactly where I need to go, like the main, the main epicenter of it has, definitely has. We're just one system. It's not one, you know, I think mental health, physical health, it's like, it's just health. So is that then, do you think, is your makeup career done and dusted now? Never, <laughs> never. I love my makeup. Um, and do you know what? To me, people have jobs and then they have hobbies. Mm. to me it's all the same. So this is my life. So my makeup, I still love it, but you can have a few different hobbies, yeah. careers, stuff that you do. You know, I don't really, my wellness business is, is like my, I don't want to say hobby because that belittles it, but it is my life yeah. passion. And I think we yeah. can all have passions. My kids are now 14 and 15. I'm blue out. <laughs> so I have a lot more time. So it doesn't even feel like a job or a business. It's a passion. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm enjoying. Um, it's hard, of course, man. time management and stuff when you have two businesses, but it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't yeah. feel like of um, I have two jobs. Yeah. It's my passion anyway. I eat, sleep, and breathe self development, mindset, somatic awareness, all yeah. the different stuff. So it was only natural then that then you know I might have a career in it yeah. it's a life in it <laughs> it's the you same know? as me like i try to i always end up making a business out of everything that i do yeah, people well say you know what would you not rather have something that would just be like a hobby and you don't want i'd be like but that's what i lo I love mixing the both that i don't feel like it's like a it's just a life it's not yeah. a hobby or it's just a life yeah it's, it's much easier to get yeah. yeah 
Well, Kira, that was amazing. Thank you so much yeah, for having a chat. It yeah. was great to hear an insight into like everything that was going on. And I think there was definitely, as I said, with the Mindset and Marketing podcast, we really want that at the end of every one that people go away and they have some tool or nugget that they can adapt into their life and say, yes, this is something that I can take today and I can run with. And I think there was a load in there. I know that I got one or two. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mindset and Marketing Podcast. If you want to take the next step in your evolution, whether that is mastering your mindset, starting your business or growing your business, head to mindsetandmarketingacademy.com. You'll find our full set of online courses, including Life's a Beach, which teaches you how to start your first online business from scratch in a matter of weeks. Again, just head to mindsetandmarketingacademy.com where you can take our free training, just 90 minutes long, on how to start your first online business with no technical skills whatsoever. Thank you again for listening and I'll see you next time on the Mindset and Marketing Podcast.